This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's going on? It's Metal Shop and Metal Shop's Backstage Pass doing the at-home recording thing. It's 2021. Pretty much all of 2020 was via Zoom. Now we're doing 2021. Uh, right now I'm talking with Dylan Desmond from Bellwitch. He's been in the studio in the past, but now we're talking via Zoom. How you doing, Dylan? Doing quite all right. Thank you for having me. You're, you're very welcome. Are you So are you a Seattle resident or a Tacoma resident these days? I technically live in Tacoma now, but I'm in Seattle all the time still. Yeah. Um, I'm probably in Seattle about as often as I'm in Tacoma, so... I sleep here. That says a lot, I think. (laughs) So you're one of the many Seattle people that moved down to Tacoma with the housing prices a little bit cheaper and a really cool community down there. How do you like Tacoma? It's um, it's very quiet. I think having been on Capitol Hill for so long, I was just used to screaming drunk people all all hours of the day and uh, loud cars, loud buses. Now, like it's quiet down here. Like I don't ever hear anything. It's kind of great. I don't, people say hi on the street. If you walk by someone, they say hello. And that, that took me a minute to get used to that because you know, no one says hello in Seattle. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've gotten accustomed to it. It's kind of like living in a small town. It's kind of nice. Nice. And then, you know, you can just uh, drive to work and it's, it's like, like you said, a little bit more quiet, but then you can enter, it's like it's not quite the suburbs because it is still a city, so it's cool though. Sure, sure. And then you know when the world opens back up, you guys have a ton of rad restaurants down there, and then also some cool venues and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. There's a place called the Plaid Pig just up this uh, around the corner from my house. Totally really. kicks it's ass. Pretty cool. And yeah. then um, Real Art, and uh, that's an yeah. all ages venue. Yeah, right next door to it, pretty much. Cool. And there's Airport Tavern on that same like couple block area there leeway played there a couple years ago which is so random oh really that's cool yeah they had a show at studio seven that nobody really went to as sometimes happened at studio seven and then um yeah they just booked a random show on a whim and it's like new york hardcore legends leeway playing at the airport tavern oh that's great (laughs) were there many people at it nope (laughs) (laughs) but that room can only hold like 30 40 exactly exactly but you know uh, that many people looks a little bit better uh in a room like that as opposed to studio seven which can hold like you know 700 or could hold you know so 
Anyways. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So it's been a while since we've last seen you. I think one of the last shows that I attended, I think the last show that I attended for before the coronavirus pandemic was was a show uh, that you booked with Death Before Dishonor and Pound. Ah, yes, yes. And highlight that was what that was um, early March. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Those guys were saying because uh, there wasn't a very good turnout for that, yep. and uh, they they kind of came up to me as the promoter. Usually, the promoter apologizes when there's a bad turnout. Yeah. They came to me and apologized, and I was like, "Why are you apologizing to me?" They're like, "The whole tour has been like this because of this virus thing." Yep. And I was like, "Ah, you know, we'll it, see. It it'll be gone soon enough." And nope, not the case. Not quite. Not quite. Um. Not quite. So these last um. Well, you can't even say these last few months. Basically, this last year, um, yeah. almost now. Um, how have you been staying busy, man? I know that uh, for in the past, you know, decade or so, your life has been a lot of touring um, and a lot of booking shows, and uh, overall, just like being in the thick of the music industry, the DIY underground music community. Um, how have you been staying sane? And uh, that maybe is an assumption that you have been staying sane. Ha! Jokes on you. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Um, so I guess first, Bellwitch has been working on um, this kind of like how do I? I don't want to say too much. We're working on this really long piece that we're going to split up into a couple different sections. Uh, a long piece by Bellwitch. Imagine that. <laughs> it, right now, I think we're pushing the two-hour mark. With Holy! It. And uh, I mean, it'll. It'll all connect, but it's yeah. not going to be like a all. I, I don't know. You get the idea. Yeah, yeah. So we got that we've been working on. Um, then I've got this, this other project that'll be putting out its debut LP called Serpentant, which Ooh. is more of like a dark folk, um, maybe kind of a psychedelic, maybe kind of neo folk, yeah, sort of thing um, with kind of a I don't know a, a black metal undertones to it, uh, which is mainly um, Anne O'Neill doing. Uh, like acoustic guitar and vocals and then uh, Joey Joseph Michael does uh, he's doing like really cool like synths and uh, like electronic percussion stuff and then I'm doing bass we're, we're working on like the final masters of that right now and it's, nice. out. it's, it's really good kind of like uh, kind of like coil or uh, uh, yeah in that in that vein of thing maybe kind of like Rome um then I've got a um, a death metal band I've been working on Ooh. with Tony, who's in Mort- Mortiferum. Yeah, and Julia, Tony Wolf. Tony Wolf, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my roommate. He was just here a minute ago. Really? Uh, tell him Kevin yeah. Deere says hi. I'll tell, him, I'll tell him what's up. All right. Um, yeah, we've been working on that for a while. Um, but Julian broke his foot, so we've been <sighs> taking a break on that. Poor guy. Um, then there's the three black metal projects that are kind of the same crew of people. I mean, I'm playing guitar in that. Two is, or uh, three. Couple two, well, couple three. <laughs> wow. It's hard to explain, but it, the idea is kind of that they're going to kind of overlap each other. It'll be huh. like different, a different vibe per band, but it's kind of the same crew of folks. And I think we're going to try to release the records together. Um, let's see what else is there. <laughs> I've been trying to do a lot. It sounds like it. There's a uh, collaboration thing I've been doing online with uh, 
the band Nadja, like uh-huh. N-A-D-J-A. Yeah. Um, the, the guy from that, Aiden, Aiden, Aiden. Um, I haven't like said his name out loud because we only talk through email. Okay. So you're like, how do I uh, say it? <laughs> I, th- I think it's Aiden. Aiden. Yeah. But um, it's him and I. Um, I'm doing bass. He's doing he's doing bass also. Okay. Um, Colin from Amon Ra is doing vocals. Ooh. And Atsuo from Boris is doing drums. That is a super group, my friend. Yeah. And I can say that. You maybe you saying that would be a little pretentious, but I can say that being the fan. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's coming along pretty cool. Like um, we've got like technically we have. 80 minutes of music. Wow. That's, it's not all polished up yet, but um, I'd say we got like 20 minutes that's presentable at this point, but the rest of it's still in good shape. Um, I think that's, that's, I think that's everything. Well, that you just made me feel like a lazy piece of trash, my friend, uh, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> because it sounds like you've been using this time uh, to just go inward and create awesome art, which is really inspiring. Well, I, I discovered espresso right ah. around the onset of this. Okay. Which has um, kind of turned me into a nutcase, but uh, <laughs> it, it, I don't know, it, it makes me feel motivated, so I guess that's good. Nice, dude. Yeah, man, just just sh- hook it up to my veins and just get the yeah. music going. Um <laughs> So I got I I have to ask uh, your album uh and I'm going to try and say it right Stygian Bow is that right St- Stygian Bow Stygian Bow okay volume 1 uh was my favorite uh local northwest release of the year and certainly one of my favorite albums of the year uh in collaboration with Aerial Ruin um now had you ever done a collaboration before and how did it come about to do a collaborative album with someone else well, um, we, uh, so a- Ariel Ruin is a guy named Eric Mogridge, mm-hmm. who um, originally, when Adrian and I formed Belbitch, we were trying to talk Eric, in, but he lived in Oakland at the time, and mm-hmm. he was moving to Portland. We were like, ah, just move to Seattle. And he was like, no, 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 I don't want to live in Seattle. Yeah. We were like, all right. And he was like, check it out. What if I just like do a song with you? We were like, that sounds great. So we did a song, um, maybe like two years later, we put it out on a record and, um, he just killed it. Like he did such a good job with it. I, I mean, we all thought, um, so then the next record was coming out we're like, let's do another one. Uh, on the first record, we had like rehearsed that song a lot. The second record, we just had a song where like, Hey, we're going to record this in a week. You want to write something to it? He was like, I, I guess, you know, give me a week. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but he did a great job with that too. He did. Um, I, th- I think, uh, yeah. then for the third record, we were like, let's just do like the second half with Eric. Like, let's like kind of, you know, crank it up a little bit. And, um, I think he is just like the most beautiful voice and he yeah. has such a good ear for, um, like vocalist is such an interesting, um, instrument. Like I, I'm no good at it at all, but some, some people are fantastic at it. He, yeah. And he, he's, he's great. Like, I think he, he comes up with these melodies and it just blows my mind. I don't know where he gets it from, but he's great. And he's a great lyricist. Um, uh, yeah. So we did that record with him or all three of those records with him. 
um, but they weren't really like collaborations. It was kind yeah. of like a a a, a, con, um, a guest member that was just consistent, the same guest member every time. Yeah. And uh, we we started talking about it more, and we were like, "What if we did a record that was kind of like what the band would have turned into had you ended up being our original, the vocalist with that first record?" Mm-hmm. So we uh, we kind of started working on Stygian and Bow. We weren't calling it Stygian and Bow then, but um, yeah. And he was like, "I want to play guitar." I was like, "Yeah, let's play guitar. Why not?" Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that was a lot of fun. It was. We've got he, we've got some material for another record already. Um, That's awesome. We haven't got got together for it yet, but uh, there's probably about 20 minutes of material that Eric sent over that's sounding great. Is it challenging you? To, is it challenging for you to like um, work with another artist like that, or is it pretty natural? It sounds like it sounds like you guys uh, keep it pretty natural with with uh, the way you guys write and collaborate. Yeah, I think with him it's kind of natural cause we've like, we've toured together before. Mm-hmm. Um, and we performed together a lot and we, you know, worked on songs a lot together before. So in that regard, we we're kind of buddies. So I think like with, with a newer band where the folks don't know each other very well, sometimes people get mad at each other and they yeah. get butt hurt and figuring and out just, power dynamics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone's got an ego mm-hmm. and they always butt heads and, and I think that's just like the most normal thing in the world for being in a band. Everyone's going to hate each other for, you know, for a period of time. And then you kind of start to figure out like, how do we make this work? You know, what is this person going to want? How do I, you know, respect what they want? How do I stand up for what I want? And I think that having done that with him over the years, um, it, it was kind of natural. Like we all, we all knew how to, work together you know like we knew how to swallow our pride how to you know not hit everyone's buttons mm-hmm. that, that was cool um that made it really easy um it was interesting playing with a guitar and trying to figure out the you know like what frequency range is that going to fit in here yeah um that sort of stuff do you think that um you know and and this is a big you know kind of question to ask because this is an assuming that anything the world ever goes back to normal and you can ever have a concert again. Uh, do you think you'll ever tour um, to to uh, maybe tour on that album to to do those songs of the collaborative tour? Yeah, yeah. So we've got... Um, we'll see if it happens. Uh, but they even announced it in October of this year. Okay. We're supposed to do a European tour with Wolves in the Throne Room and Blood Incantation. Well, Dr. Fauci, uh, who seems to know it, obviously, uh, said that he believes that concerts can probably come back around the fall. So here's hoping. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to Dr. Fauci. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I'll listen to him definitely before some others. But I, um, I'm curious about uh, the... We, I kind of joked a little bit about, um, you know, imagine that a Bell Witch song that's 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 long, um, and that is something that is distinct with you guys. You guys have very long, like sprawling, beautiful songs. I mean, you guys are, and uh, and correct me if I'm, you know, overstepping here, but I would consider kind of a a doom metal band. Is that would you consider sure. yourselves kind of yeah. a doom metal band? Yeah. Um, so like long drawn, but like not just, you know, typical doom, very beautiful recordings that just gets also 
very heavy. Um, when you yeah. guys, um, when you go in, do you plan for them to be that long, or do you kind of just write parts and they and they kind of come together? Um, do you have an idea like we want to do a one hour long with with Mirror Reaper um, to do like a, an hour long masterpiece, or do you just like kind of collect parts and then just piece them all together? What's the songwriting process for Bell Witch, which is just such a unique band? I think it's a little bit of there's there's a maybe a little bit of everything like with this one we're working on right now, there's definitely an element of, we're going to try to make it um, cover three or four releases. Um, But then at the same time, as we're approaching it with that, um, there was a point when we had cut it in half. We're like, ah, we don't need to make it that long. We can cut it in half and we can turn each record into two songs. Then there was that approach. And then there was like a, Oh no, 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 no. We got to make this four records. Yeah. And each, and it all have to be one song between the four releases. It, so it kind of, it's kind of just like bouncing off the wall in a way and seeing what sticks. Um, it, in my experience, um, you know, whatever you plan on is probably not what's going to end up happening. Okay. Um, I think there's definitely an element of just kind of letting it. Um, be what it's going to be. Okay. Like kind of just letting it, um, yeah, letting it, uh, letting it develop on its own. Nice. Which, uh, which, yeah. So like with Mirror Reaper, we were, um, the original idea with that was to make it two songs. We were going to make one side or one song as above and the next song. So below, and they were supposed to connect. Um, hi Joey. Sorry, one second. It's all good. Would you mind uh, turning the stove off? Thank you. My roommate just came in. Um, Turn the stove off. <laughs> uh, I forgot I had rice. Um, yeah, but we um, we had that um, we had that idea of making it two different songs, and as that developed, it um, it was like you know what, this is kind of like more like one song, so maybe yeah. let's let's just stick with that. So it kind of just took a, a big shift. Um, I guess there's never a plan to make the songs incredibly long. Um, but there's also definitely just the understanding that they're probably going to end up being that long. Yeah. Maybe not, you know, maybe not that long. Um, but they're probably <laughs> going to end up being long. Like, yeah. like we're, we we're working on a, a part today that's, um, it's like a 22 minute chunk and it, it kind of feels like it's not done. And we're like, ah, oh, this could probably spread out like at least another 10 minutes. We'll see what happens with it. But, um, which is like ten, even just 10 minutes is usually pretty long for a song, but you're like, extend it 10 minutes. So it's like, dude, <laughs> it's, it's awesome that you guys don't have that. Um, you know, whether it be like a label pressure or, you know, manager pressure or even just internal pressure to like keep things like, you know, short succinct you know uh verse chorus verse you know uh you know songs and you guys can just expand and just do what you want and then just make this kind of create this universe of just intense long drawn out wonderful sounds it's just it's like it's got to be kind of liberating thank you um it it is kind of fun like sometimes it's kind of like a 
I don't know, like I'm really into reverb a lot and yeah. like modulation kind of making a note that go wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Um as silly as that is to say, but um it's a lot of fun just hitting a big note and letting it just wow, wow, wow for a while, you know? Like I don't know what's better than that. <laughs> And, 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 you know, it's just funny, like I, what I just mentioned, I realize how stupid that would sound if, if even just Bell Witch, like, you know, say you get signed by this label and they're like, all right, guys, we need you to write, you know, 10 songs, you know, with some heavy breakdowns and some sing songs, like, we like your band, but can you imagine what that, you would just be like, uh, have you even listened to us, dude? It is funny when, uh, <laughs> when folks don't know what to expect. We played a show at um, at Studio Seven one time. Speaking of Studio yep. Seven, and uh, they they offered us like, we, I mean we we were just a local band. Yeah. Um, they were like, "Hey, you should play this like local showcase," and we were like, "Nah, you know, we don't really want to." Yeah. And they came back and they were like, "What if we gave you like a couple hundred bucks?" And we were like, "Whoa, yeah, <laughs> sure." Like, that's cool. You want to give us a couple hundred bucks? Like, yeah, we'll show up and play for a couple hundred bucks. That's cool. And uh, I, I don't really know what their angle was uh, uh, because the other it, none of the other bands sounded anything like us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we had a two-song set. They were like, you have 30 minutes. We're like, okay. Two songs. We're Yeah, we, we were probably like six or seven minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Like from the moment we started, people were like yelling, "Like boo!" Oh like, man, you suck. Um, Jesus, people were walking out, like coming yeah. to the stage and like giving us the finger. Real and supportive, and, yeah. and it was like, oh, this isn't going so well. Um, and we were probably like seven or eight minutes in. Like it was clear in the room, and there there were some people there, um, yeah. not to see us, but. Um, Wow. I was like, oh, this isn't going well, but we were kind of just muscling through it. And um, uh, all of a sudden there was like uh, like a flashlight, you know, the little the little buttons that you kind of hit the flashlight and it blinks the light. Uh, a guy was doing that to me and I was kind of just pretending like I didn't notice it. Like, whatever, this is just some guy trying to, you know, distract mess me and tell me that he thinks I'd... Yeah, yeah, mess with me. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to pay attention to him. So then it started coming from the other side of the stage. So I <laughs> turned away again. And then it was coming from the other side of the stage. And it's like, man, what? And I looked, and it was the sound guy. And he was kind of giving me the sign to cut it. And I'm like, no. And he's like, he kind of like points at his, at, his, at his watch, like, your set's over. And I'm like, oh, okay. What? We're getting the boot. I'm like, and, you know, like, everyone's watching him do this to him. I'm not going to keep going when he does that. So yeah. Like, I kind of turned to Adrian who was the drummer at the time and I'm I kind of just like hit a big open note and I was looking at him like trying to get his attention and he ignored me Adrian was like nope I know what you're trying to do and I'm not going to stop so yep. he just kept going and it was like Adrian <laughs> this is awkward stop it <laughs> and he finally stopped and uh the sound guy jumps on stage and he's like you went over your time slot and I was like we're on the first song. We're like seven minutes in, you know, yeah. no, we didn't, but whatever. And I was like, you still going to pay us that money. You told us you were going to pay us. He's like, I don't know. Talk to, you know, yeah. whoever. So we loaded off and I went and talked to whoever and they gave us the money. 
Best seven minute set ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, I mean, I think that they didn't know what, like, they didn't think it was just going to be a couple guys on stage just hitting big notes going, wow, wow, wow. You know, yeah. They thought it was going to be, I don't know what they thought it was. Not uh, bad. They should have listened to the band. Um, so, <laughs> so I, I don't want to bring up a sore subject, but uh, I do have to mention that the last time you guys were in studio was, uh, and you just mentioned Adrian. Adrian Guerra was, sure. uh, I'm, I'm sorry, is that Guerra or Guerra? Guerra, yeah. Guerra yeah. was uh, the for, uh, original drummer and the founding member of Bellwitch. Uh, he did pass away. Um, and um, if you could, um, why don't you, if you could, do, do you have any like, fun memories that that you remember that you you try to remember adrian for and then also um if you could get go into like from what i understand mirror reaper is sort of a tribute to him so i guess that's kind of two questions sure sure yeah um yeah adrian was he was the guy um i think a fond memory of him one time um we had already started touring fairly often um and uh we were working together he was working a high line yep. and i was um working a high line yep and uh I, I i owned high line uh so it was like there's a lot of pressure on me and i remember there was this one point that it was just really gnarly like we were having some we were having some serious problems as a business and it was like, you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to stay open. Like, yeah, we had to close the kitchen down. We were having, you know, we were having a rough time. And remember he came into the office and I was sitting there and I was just, I, I don't know. I was, I was neurotic. I was crazy because I was so stressed out. Yeah. And I remember I was, I was freaking out and I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't think we can go on tour anymore because I can't leave here. I have to be here for this. And I was just, you know, out of my mind, freaking out. And he uh, he grabbed me and he hugged me, like bear hugged me. And he, yeah. Adrian was a little guy, you know, yeah. but he wrapped his arms all the way around me and he was like, "Who cares, buddy? It's all good. We'll we'll make it. We'll make it work." And That's I was awesome. just like, "Man, like this guy's my bandmate's not going to be mad. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's gonna he's gonna bear hug me and basically say, I got your back.' Yep. You know, like we'll, we'll figure it out." And I think that, like, I think about that a lot. And it was like, yeah. man, he, that's that was a good friend. That was a uh, he was, I don't know, he he was willing to sacrifice things that he wanted in order to, um, I don't know, help out his buddy, which is the coolest thing. Um, luckily, we were able to keep touring. That I think yeah. I was just being chaotic that day, and he probably knew it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, things kind of got rough and, um, he, yeah, he passed and, uh, at that point he wasn't, he wasn't playing with Bellwitch anymore. That was, yeah. that wasn't Jesse Schreibman was in the, at that point. Yep. And, uh, Jesse and I were working on, um, some stuff, uh, which a lot of that ended up being Mirror Reaper at the, at the time, it didn't really have a name or a, you know, a face or a, a shape even. It was kind of just a, a mess of a mess. Yeah. And uh, 
then Adrian died and everything kind of changed. It was like, oh, this is weird because Adrian and I started the band together. So it was, you know, in, in many ways, it was his band. However, Jesse and I had been touring together for probably probably shy of a year by that point so it kind of started to become his band and of course it was still my band also so it was this kind of this there was this weird pull in a couple directions for both jesse and i and i think that jesse was like whoa i don't know if i want to i mean i think he had his doubts um about do i want to you know stay involved in this this just got weird and is it disrespectful to Adrian if we continue doing it? And yeah. I think at the end of the day, Jesse and I both kind of disagreed that or we both agreed. Sorry, not yep. disagreed. Uh, we both agreed that Adrian would say, keep going, don't stop. Um, and it would kind of be maybe it wouldn't really be doing things right by him if we stopped. Or if we like changed the name or if we like, you know, just did anything different. It's like, no, let's just let's just keep the course. Let's keep doing it as we as we were doing it. And let's um, let's put him in this somehow or other. Like, let's make this something for him. Yeah. Um, So we took a couple vocal takes that the uh, engineer had that didn't really make it to the song. And uh, we kind of kind of edited him up a little bit, Frankenstein it a little bit and just. We, we had this one spot in the, right in the middle of Mere Reaper that we're like, this is kind of like the pinnacle when the composition is, or I, I, as we hoped, as we were trying to make it do, trying to make it kind of ramp up to this one peak. Yeah. And from that peak, it'll kind of go down. And right at that peak, let's throw Adrian's vocals right on that. And it'll That's be super cool. Awesome. And uh, I talked to his folks and I was like, hey, do you guys mind if we do this? Like it's, maybe that. kind of morbid. I don't know. They were, They were like, yeah, we're way into it. That's awesome. Um, and I think, I think that they were, they were even like, I think happy that we did it, um, which is cool. That's, that's like a really, really, really special way to pay homage and pay respects to someone that was very important to you as a friend and a brother and, and like those moments when you were down and, you know, you guys toured the world together and, and, and created this awesome music and created the foundation of Bell Witch. So what a, a special way to pay pay tribute. And now everyone has heard it, you know, that listens to that album. And whether or not they know it, they've, you know, been touched by him as well. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't want to take up all your time tonight, but I, I was curious about um, a couple things. Um, going uh, back a few years, um, you, so you're not, you weren't raised here in the Northwest. Is that right? No, I, I grew up in uh, northeast Kansas, uh, kind of in and around Lawrence, Kansas, which is um, a little college town. What brought you to Seattle in the northwest? Um, I had a collection of buddies over the years that had moved out here. Okay. Um, it, there's kind of a running joke about whenever someone is too old to live in Lawrence, Kansas, they moved to Seattle. Oh, really? I, it, it's weird, but uh, like before I was out here... Um, there was a, a, a band, band called Wormwood, who I think a lot of folks are still familiar with. That band with. kicks ass, yeah. Yeah, they're great. Um, those guys, like, I grew up going to Wormwood shows when I was too young to get into bars, and I would I would do that thing. I own a bar. I probably shouldn't talk about this, but I would do that thing where I'd go up to their van as they were loading in, and I'd be like, hey, guys, you know, like... Sneak me in. They won't let me in. Okay? 
can I carry something inside? They'd be like, you dumb kid. Yeah. But they were, they were really cool. They'd help me out. They'd yeah. get me in. And I, I, I worshiped those guys. They all moved out here probably 2001, 2002, something like that. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, there's another band called Freeverse from around the area. They moved out here as well. Um, Freeverse? Freeverse, yeah, more of a punk band, kind of. Um, then there was a band called Oroku that moved out here a little bit before I did. And then a band that I used to be in called Samothrace. Um, relocated oh, yeah, I love here. that band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we came out here, that was probably 2009. Um, just kind of because, I don't know, there wasn't really a lot of them. At that point, there wasn't, wasn't really anything as far as a heavy metal music scene in Lawrence, Kansas. And everyone that we knew that lived out here was like, come out here. Shows all the time. Yeah. Cool. That's all. Yeah, that was- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. So what, uh, okay, so, that, so now that I know what brought you here, uh, what got you into underground music? Do you remember like the first moment or kind of like the light bulb that like got you into, you know, because, you know, you could all we could all go see you know like acdc or tool concerts like some big stuff you know but it it takes a little bit to uh to get into the like world of like doom or death metal or punk or hardcore like what was your entryway into that um i uh so like i the little town that i actually grew up in is called big springs it's probably like 20 minutes outside of lawrence it's there's probably like 30 people that live there. Okay. Um, but there just so happened to be a guy who lived there who was probably like seven or eight years older than me who kind of just by default, my folks would be like, Hey, you should be the babysitter while we're going to go off and, you know, do something. Yeah. Um, so this guy, Jason was his name. Um, and he was cool. Jason would be like, yeah, you know, we'd hang out and watch like WWF wrestling. And, and I remember he had like, Iron Maiden posters and Venom posters. This guy sounds badass. Yeah, he was a badass. Yeah, Judas Priest posters. And we'd hang out in his room and he'd like play drums. And I was like, this this guy's so cool. And we'd listen to the Scorpions. And 
I just got into that stuff because I thought he was such a cool guy. And uh, yeah, as as it's kind of stuck with it. And I moved away from there. But um, yeah, Jason and I are still buddies. We still talk to talk on Facebook every so often. And uh, yeah, he kind of got me into all that stuff when I was real little. And it, I mean, obviously we weren't listening to like obscure funeral doom bands from Finland back then. But um, I don't know if funeral doom existed back then. But uh, yeah, I think as the years went on, I just kind of kept, as everyone does, just you just keep digging. And um, eventually, you know, I don't know. Not eventually. You just continue finding things that one likes. Yeah. Do you do you remember your first show? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I, um, uh, I, I don't know if it would necessarily be the first show, but um, I remember seeing Possession play all the time oh, in cool. Kansas City, and the guitar player had one arm, which was um, I mean, how can you ever forget that? You know, he would. Uh, it was his his right arm was missing like right around his elbow. So he would, he would hold the body of the guitar down with that and just hammer on with his left hand. And it was just like, that's so cool. Shred fest. He was just shredding the whole time. And, uh, they they were, they were great. We used to go watch them play all the time and, uh, and drink a lot of beer and smoke a lot of weed behind that little all ages club. Yeah. Probably. You know, we probably should have gone to jail many times. Um, <laughs> um, that's the yeah, that's probably the first show I can think of. You know, that's probably back in 1996, 1994. Yeah. Way back when. I'm sure there were more before that, but I can't think of what they would have been. As far as like an underground show goes. Okay. You might remember your first show, but can you remember your first metal T-shirt? First metal T-shirt was Kicks. No, oh my god, <laughs> that's awesome! I had a blow my fuse shirt. Not a kiss, uh, thought, Kicks. Yeah, Kicks. Yeah, yeah. My uh, that guy I was talking about, Jason Meyer, he gave me a dubbed cassette of Kicks, and I listened to it all the time. And I wear that Kicks shirt all the time, and I thought they were the coolest thing ever. Okay. And uh, I have a bunch of buddies from like the Baltimore area yep. and they all have stories about those guys. Cause those guys, I, I guess they, they hang around and they still go to shows. The guys who do the men's room on KISW, they're from Baltimore and they have stories about them partying with God. kicks. So, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, maybe, maybe next Halloween cover show, you, you can start a kicks tribute band. Now we're talking. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Now we're talking. I wonder who the vocalist would be for that. Wow, that could be fun. Yeah. All right. I wonder if Amy Lee could do it. I bet she could. <laughs> that would be awesome. Wow. Amy Lee from <laughs> Solicitor and Substratum. That'd be that badass. Cool. She'd tear that up. That'd be great. Most obscure tribute band. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um,. So I, I was curious about, um, so you, you're someone who has both played shows and booked shows. Uh, I know there's probably so many. What, what are some of your favorite shows that you've ever booked, just like a, as a curator and someone who's able to just bring awesome bands through town? What are some of your, uh, yeah, some of your favorite shows you've ever booked? Sure, sure. Um, I think a personal favorite would be the first time Mournful Congregation played at Highline. That was just too cool. 
Uh, I'm a huge fan of those guys. Yeah. And uh, I think that like... They're from Australia? Is that right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah from Adelaide. Uh, maybe one of the members is in Melbourne. Um, but yeah, they... Um, it was kind of just, you know, I never expected to ever see them live. And uh, one day, uh, Dan Freed from Anhedonist, uh, and he's in Triumvir Fowl now and a collection of other bands, he hit me up and he was like, hey, you have this date open at Highline? And I was like, sure, what's it for? And he was like, Mournful Congregation. I remember my heart just jumped out of my throat. I was like, ah, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yes. And they killed it. They we had a great set, and uh, we kind of became buddies, hung out, drank a lot of beer. Um, a year, maybe two years later, they came back and did another one. Um, then we ran into those guys a, a couple times on tour, uh, one time in Copenhagen, uh, one time in Lee Warden, Netherlands. Um, wow. I think it was Lee Warden. And then we did like a little Northwest tour with them uh, two years back. Um, yeah, that was, that was a cool show. Uh, that's probably the top of my list. Uh, that's I, there awesome. wasn't like a whole lot of people at it. Cause I don't think a lot of folks are really familiar with that sort of thing. Um, especially back then. Um, but it was, you know, it was just the coolest thing I ever seen play. Uh, that, that reminds me, that reminds yeah. me of, uh, you, you bringing that up and saying like, you know, it was like your most memorable show, but not that many people. I remember talking with John Pettibone and he was pumped. He was like the most pumped to bring 40 watt sun to play at El Corazon. And he's like, not that many people were there, but it was the favorite show I've ever booked. So it's like, you know, for your personal, it's just like, it means the most to you and, and to probably the few people that were there, it probably made their year. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Shows like that are cool. You know, it's like yeah. maybe, maybe there's not a million people there, but, Sometimes when there's not a million people, it's more special because you kind of get like a different perspective on things. Everything's, uh, I don't know, it's a little more intimate, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Right on, man. I'm trying to think of another show that would have stuck out. Uh, there's a uh, the band Ulcerate from New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time they played Highline, um, we didn't really know what, you know, it, it wasn't, it was it was fine. There was a good crowd of people there. Ulcerate killed it. Yeah. Um, at the end of the night, um, they were just kind of like, you know, I think we had like an hour before we needed to close, and they were like, "Do we have to leave right now, or can we hang out and have a beer?" And it was like, "Yeah, hang out and have a beer. Let's, you know, let's let's drink some beers." Yeah. So we all kind of started drinking beers, and they were like, "Do you guys have that weird stuff, Fireball?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh -oh. Of course, we've got that weird stuff, Fireball. So we started drinking Fireball, uh -oh. and uh, which I get—I don't know if they get that, you know, down in uh, New Zealand, or at, maybe at that time they didn't have it, um, uh, which is probably good for them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we ended up hanging out and having so much fun, and uh, we, for some reason, there was this like cardboard cutout of like a, a Chippendale dancer guy that someone had put a picture of luke perry's face over so it kind of looked like luke perry as a chippendale oh wow and it was probably like i don't know six feet tall um somehow or other that ended up at highline and we had just kind of kept moving it around from you know the kitchen to the sound booth just to kind of you know mess with people yeah and that night someone pulled that out to mess with the uh 
ulcerate guys. With, with the ulcerate guys yeah. after we'd all had, you know, countless fireball shots. And uh, it turned into this like running joke. So they like, they cut his head off and they took his head with them. <laughs> and they started like sending me pictures of Luke Perry in like random places that they'd end up on tour. Like I got a Luke Perry in front of the uh, Eiffel Tower. Nice. There was a uh, Luke Perry um, at, uh, I don't know, there was a there was a handful of them. Yeah. Then Bellwitch ended up doing a UK tour with Ulcerate a couple years later. Awesome. And we ran into those guys in London, the first show, and they were like, we brought you a present. Like, what is it? Luke Perry's head. <laughs> and then we, we started taking pictures of Luke Perry's head and sending it to them. And then they came back to Highline years later, and uh, I'm sure they forgot about it. And we were like, brought you a present. And they were like, what is it? Luke Perry's head. Nice. I don't know what happened to Luke Perry's head since then. Well, Luke Perry, RIP. Um, his son, he did die last year. Luke Perry passed away and his son, jungle boy is now a pro wrestler on AEW. So you could watch him Wednesday nights on TNT. He's now a, uh, a, uh, televised pro wrestler jungle boy. Yep. Really? Yep. (laughs) That's great. I had no idea. Crazy small world. Yeah, that is, I didn't, I didn't know Luke Perry died, but I certainly didn't know his son was a professional wrestler. Yeah. Crazy. Um, okay, so my final question for you, man. Uh, we like to ask this for, for pretty much anyone we interview. Pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got it. A scar? Yeah. Well, this actually isn't my real face. Oh. Nicolas Cage style. <laughs> face off. Um, okay, I got one. I had a... Uh, um maybe like eight years ago I had like, I was going to a gym mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, trying to lift weights. I was trying to like, get buff, get yoked. Yeah. And, uh, remember one day I was like itching my right hand. I was itching my left shoulder, like kind of like, you know, towards my spine. And I felt this like big lump of like of what I thought was muscle. And I'm like, cool. I've got this huge muscle on my back. I feel so cool right now. And uh, I started noticing, I'm like, it's not on my other, the other side of my shoulder. Like, what is, what am I doing that's making my left shoulder get this giant muscle on it? And I kind of started thinking, I'm like, that feels more like a lump of fat than a lump of muscle. Okay. And I went to a doctor, and I'm like, this isn't good. Like, do I have a, what is this thing? And they're like, oh, that's a, uh, a lymphoma. Like, not a cancer thing. Okay. But, like, it was. Is basically just a lump of fat that was growing on my left shoulder. Which okay. Is weird. Um, but I was telling my mom about it, and she was like, "Weird." When I was your age, I had the exact same thing grow on my left shoulder, and I was like, Whoa. "Oh, okay, well, I guess that's where that came from." Yeah. Um, when Donald Trump got elected, I freaked out, and I thought, "Oh, they're going to take away the health care, mm-hmm. the Obamacare stuff." So I immediately went to um, a doctor and I'm like, hey, I need to have this removed right now because this thing's driving me crazy. It was like the size of a grapefruit. Whoa. You know? It's like a second back. Uh, yeah. What's that? It's like a hunchback. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. It was like, I, yeah, I don't know what it was. It was bizarre. But um, it, it was like hard to sit in a chair because my Ooh. left side would just. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, uh, they took it off and uh, yeah, I've got this like big scar on my left shoulder now that. I've been trying to think of some cool tattoo to cover it up with, but I don't know what to do. 
I see stuff like that all the time when I watch Dr. Pimple Popper. Wait, what? Dr. Pimple Popper? Yeah, there's a show called Dr. Pimple Popper, and they're always oh. cutting off gnarly stuff like that. I, I guess it's something that happens to a lot of folks. Wow. I, it was new by me when I found out about it. Or at least it, that's what they told you, you know, to make yeah. you feel normal. It <laughs> <laughs> happens to everyone, kid. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's got a grapefruit growing on their shoulder. Uh, Dylan Desmond from Bellwitch and so many other projects that he mentioned at the beginning of this interview. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, do you have any final words for the Northwest uh, while we all kind of, you know, wait for shows to come back and, and stay home and stay healthy? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Thanks for having me, for one. You're welcome. Um, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And um, I guess, you know, everyone just hang in there. We're going to be hopefully done with this sooner than later. And, uh, you know, shows will be going to happen again. We'll all get to go hang out again and maybe, like, shake hands and, like, give each other hugs. Imagine that. Whatever weird stuff we can't do now. Right. <laughs> Share beers with each other. And we look forward to the thousand and one bands that you'll be you'll be starting in the future, man. Oh, right on, right on. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, absolutely. You. All right, Dylan. Have a good night, man. You too. Cheers, Kevin. Right on, dude. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. <laughs>